Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 68. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This show is brought to you by my sponsor, Audible.com. If you're like me, you like to read, but you're having trouble finding the time to squeeze in all those great books, well, Audible.com is a perfect solution. Audiobooks are great. I never thought I would like them, but I love them now. It's a great way to get caught up. I listen to and get caught up on the book as I'm driving to work, if I'm exercising, any free time, working out in the yard, I can get caught up in all my reading. You can go to uh, my website, doseofleadership.com slash audible. And you can uh, download a free audiobook. Any audiobook they have, over 100,000 titles to choose from. You can download it for free, listen to it. You can sign up for 30 days with no obligation. If you don't like it after 30 days, you can cancel your subscription. But again, it's no risk to you. Go check out doseofleadership.com slash audible and make your smartphone smarter. Well, I'm so excited to have Kenneth vote on the Dose of Leadership podcast. He's the founder of Vera. Claritas. I hope I'm saying that right. It means true clarity in Latin. He's an uh, entrepreneur for about 30 years. He has a business where he, he gets with entrepreneurs and he, he gets them to focus on the simplicity of the grand notion that businesses big and small can and must transform the world. I love that. He's a guy that's passionate about crushing limiting beliefs, which I'm a huge fan of, finding the truth and common sense here on the Dose of Leadership. Kenneth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. Well, guys, tell us a little bit more about yourself. You know, we were talking a little bit before the interview, and, and I was reading your bio, and we were talking, and I came across you through uh, um, our good friend John Lee Dumas on Entrepreneur on Fire. But tell me a little bit more about yourself and the business that you're, un- you're in. Okay. Well, it the business I'm in now is is different than what I started in. I, I started off as a computer scientist. You know, got my degree in program computers and started on mainframes, but... It kept morphing over time, and the, the more opportunities that came my way, the more different experiences in entrepreneurship I got. And I finally got a space where I felt like I wanted to share what I had figured out because there's so many great voices out in the world that are that are teaching entrepreneurship and are training people and, and are coaching people, but I wasn't hearing a voice like mine. And so I, I just felt that there was something – that I had that it was time for me to share. And so that's how Vera Claritas came to be. What, what is some of that you wanted to share? I mean, I love the fact you've been in um, the traditional company, as you say in your bio, you had the stodgy title, the traditional company. You rode the kind of sexy dot-com wave um, and, and being in the in a little bit older than some of your counterparts at the time. And, and, and But mostly you've been in entrepreneurship for 30 years. What is that key message that you want to get out to entrepreneurs and for leaders like ourselves? Something that's really, really important that gets skipped by a lot of people. We get excited about the idea of being in business. And sure, you want to take care of your family and you'd like to make money and maybe you'd like to be known in, in your industry. But there's, there's something that comes before that that makes it possible. And it's, it's something that many people skip. You have to have a mission. Mm. Lots of people have ambition. But until you turn that ambition into a mission and you turn that mission into reality, you're going to struggle. You're going to 
going to have a hard time. You might make a living, you know, but it's it's not going to be the kind of thing that brings your true essence to the world and changes everything. And the world, I really believe, has changed. There have been forces in the world that really were in control for a long time, and and they're still big forces. Forces like like government and forces like religion and people use those mediums to change the world. But I believe at this time, first time ever, business is able to change the world. I mean, it started with the industrial revolution, but that was big businesses. But it has gotten to the point now where small businesses can change the world. And people have done it over and over and over again. And I won't even say in our lifetime, it hasn't been that long in the last 15 years, 10 years, 5 years, people that you never heard of came out of nowhere and have created huge, huge enterprises. Um, and it's it's not just about creating huge, huge enterprises. There are people who aren't very big and yet are making a big impact just by being who they are as an individual. And so that is that is the message I'm preaching these days. It's interesting that you say that because um, I've talked with a handful of folks in this podcast and, and even offline and in, in some of the interviews you can hear it. But these are you know seasoned veteran uh, CEOs, president of companies that have been around a long time. I mean, they've been around you know when you and I were young kids. Um, there are icons in the business industry, and a lot of them, almost all of them to the T, are talking about this shift you're talking about, and that it's more about um, that businesses these days better start finding their purpose, or they're not going to survive. And it's so true when you find that purpose, when you find why you're in business and when it's not all about just uh, necessarily the bottom line. And I don't mean to sound too, you know, touchy feely, but the businesses that are thriving these days are connected to the purpose. And if you look at the millennials, even I was talking with um, the last interview I, I, I had, um, you know, he was a CEO of Krispy Kreme and and now he's part of a business CECP that that's what they do. They try to they educate businesses on how to. Um, get more in touch with what their overall purpose is. Is that tied into I, what you're talking about? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, and I agree with you completely about the point that it's not about getting away from the profit factor. Businesses are here to make a profit. It's what they do. It is it is an essential part of it. And you won't be able to spread all your goodness unless your company's making a profit. So we can't minimize that. But you can't be in business just to make money it, you you won't make it because other people will roll over the top of you and and that's we're seeing that example over and over again it used to be that the cutthroat businesses always won but more and more we're seeing that's not true mm-hmm. that's not happening anymore how is it possible that you know an outfit like whole foods can come into a space where there are grocery stores that have been in business for 150 years great point you know there, and and beat them. Yeah. <laughs> this is how, because they've got a mission. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, no one, your whole purpose in life and, and, and being part of something bigger than yourself is the key to sustained success. You know, we were talking before we started the recording, um, and that same kind of idea about specifically the Marine Corps, where I came from. Invariably, when I'd ask people, you know, and I was asked, why do you join? an organization like the Marine Corps, and invariably most people get around to some sort of answer that says, because I want to be part of something bigger than myself. And and the Marine Corps certainly capitalizes on that, and they certainly ingrain that in you, that this isn't about you. This is about a larger cause. And if you look at all the great businesses like that, and you're right, Whole Foods is a great example. In fact, I've been trying to get some of them, uh, some of the folks on the show, and our schedules haven't been missed up, but you're right. They've got this, got this awesome 
purpose and mission statement. Right. And it's, it, if you go there, it's obvious. It, it saturates the whole place and it saturates everyone. Now, when it comes to, if it's going to be your company, then you're going to be the saturator <laughs> rather yeah, than right. the saturatee. But the, the fact is, is that your people will come to you as, as employees. They will come to you as customers. They will, people in the industry will respect you because of those things. They'll want to be in your space. They'll want to be around what you're doing. And it draws the right people to you. And when you draw the right people to you, you make money. Uh, but you also have the opportunity then to, to expand in the direction you want to expand. Now, some people who are listening to this program, they're going, hey, I don't want to be Google. I don't want to be Amazon. That's not my thing. Um, but you do want to do what you want to do. So you're going to have to draw enough of the right people to make that happen. Now, you can, you can draw the wrong people and struggle and fight and have to drag people across the finish line all the time. Or you can draw the right people and it's so much simpler and less stressful and, and it flows. And that tells you that you're in a naturally right place. Right. You know, what do you think about, um, you said, I was reading one of your posts earlier, and the, specifically the one, you don't need followers to be a leader. And you said for your whole life, um, you've been a kind of a connoisseur of leadership and, fo- and, and ex- examining leaders and leadership. I love the opening quote you had from James Buchanan, that the test of leadership is not to put greatness into humanity, but to elicit it, for the greatness is already there. That is just beautiful. I love how you opened up that, that post with that. Tell me a little bit about the genesis of that post and, and kind of your thoughts on leadership. I, in, in, in my life, I'd read many books on leadership. I got really enamored with the idea of charisma when I was a young man. Mm. And, and I thought, I want to have that because I saw people who are charismatic and I thought, oh man, I got to learn this. I, I could see how, how useful a tool that would be. And it was, it was really the wrong, the wrong approach. And even the people that were writing about, and there are experts out there who write about leadership and, you know, professors that that's what they've studied and they've got their grad students working on it and they write all these great books and they talk around the topic. But it was not, it was never really telling me how to be a leader. I, I wanted to, I wanted the formula, you know, I wanted to do this, this and this and you are, instant leader and it doesn't work like that and it's it's only later on that i realized that it came out of something else every leader is different we see people uh, that are just I'm, sometimes they're polar opposites you'd say if richard branson tried to do what tony robbins does and if tony robbins tried to do what jeff bezos does it, it, they couldn't do it they're, right. they're not the same people you know kanye west doesn't do it the same as jay-z you they have to be themselves. And when they are themselves, that's when they become these amazing leaders. That's when they start changing things. That's when people go, I want to follow that. <laughs> yeah. And, and their leadership is not that they are, that they are in front of others. It's, it's that they, they are leading something. If others choose to follow, that's doesn't really matter to a real leader. They're not in it for the followers. They're in it for the leading. And there are people who lead that don't get followed. That happens. You know, Tesla comes to mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, years later, we all look back and go, oh, this guy was pretty visionary. Now, for some people, being a Tesla would be completely cool with them. They don't have to have any followers. Other people, they really do want to have, they do want to sell 
10 million records, and so they need people to buy them. So right. <laughs> you, you got to choose the, the method that, that will work for you. That's a great point. I think it's important that we don't judge the success of leadership as necessarily um, the number of followers necessarily or a position or a title. But really what you're getting to is that leadership success is defined by, you know, what is what is the overall purpose, the mission that you're trying to accomplish. And if it's just a one-man show and you're leading yourself, I mean, that is the ultimate leadership test. you got to lead yourself first. And you're yeah. accomplishing that larger-than-life mission that we're talking about. That is that is a successful leader. I guess you just can't always measure that success by dollar figures or statistics or number of followers. Well, I guess it comes down to two is what do you want to lead in? It, if you do want to lead by a certain measure and you're not achieving that measure, well, you need to reassess and see if you are, in fact, leading. Or if you, know, you have two choices then. You either change your style or you change the things that matter to you. Uh, I have found, though, for the most part, though, you can't change the things that matter to you. You just can un uncover them. Yeah. If you can get true to those things, the, the rest of it will play out as it plays out. You know, not everybody's supposed to be Oprah. Right. You know, if if you think you have to be that to be a success, well, that's that's kind of a broken way of thinking. Now, if you're Oprah, you better do that. Right. Because, you know, if that is if that is your destiny, by all means, fulfill your destiny. But we don't want to put any artificial artificial uh, goals in front of ourselves. We, they, they've got to be something that actually matches with our core. Mm, I love that. I mean, it's all the thing I'm real big about is is courageous authenticity. I think it's what's so lacking in and what we're so bankrupt in is the, having the courage to be authentic with who we are and where we want to go and why we want to do what we want to do. That To me, that, that takes a lot of um, introspection and work to do that. Right. And that word courage is an interesting one. Uh, courage is a necessary component of integrity. Mm -hmm. You can't have integrity without courage. And you can't have courage without integrity. Uh, it, it's just, it's fundamental. And there's an interesting word they, that we use. We use the word encourage. Well, encourage is to give someone courage, right? Right. Well, sometimes we do need encouragement so that we can be in integrity. And it all starts there. That is absolutely the, the, the bottom level. It is the foundational level. If you don't have that, I don't care what else you got. I don't care how skilled you are. I don't care how charming you are. It will fail. You have to have that integrity and that courage first. Yep, love it. I love that. And you're so true. You know, it's funny you brought up, um, I, like you, was early on interested in the whole leadership, read a lot about it, and I was kind of suckered in the same way you are at the beginning that I thought it was all about the larger-than-life charismatic figure. You know, I thought, especially when I got in the Marine Corps and I you know, got in at a young age, at 22, and I was thinking, and when I got off that bus at, the, at Officer Candidate School, and I remember this drill instructor yelling at me, telling me, I better start getting some command presence because I have none. And when I first <laughs> heard that word command presence, I was thinking, yeah, I got to be this kind of larger than life, six foot four, square jawed, booming voice, walk into a room and everybody just automatically will follow me through the gates of hell. Well, I don't have any uh, of that, right? <laughs> I'm not six foot four. I don't have a booming voice. I don't have a square jaw. You know, and I'm quite quiet and I'm an, and I am, I am an introvert. You know, I'm uncomfortable in large. I like to, you know, close-knit group of friends, all that, you think, well, how can you be a successful Marine Corps officer and all of that? How can you be a successful leader? Well, it wasn't until I learned later that command presence isn't necessarily, there is a little bit of that, you know, how you carry yourself and walking straighter and, 
and talking more confident and eye contact and all that. And those are learned skills. But I think it's a folly to sit there and try to think that you have to be John Wayne because some of us, let's cut it, we're not John Wayne, right? Sometimes you either have it or you don't. And I would, I think a natural charisma can be honed and a natural authentic charisma if you focus on what I would always say, you know, learning how to be calm, how to be confident, how to be consistent and courageous and talking about what you said, integrity, you got to, if those are choices that you can make, you can choose to have integrity. In fact, you have to, and you choose to. And if you do that consistently over time, I think a natural charisma will occur. What do you think about that? Oh, I completely agree. And, and it's, I, I like that way you just put that a natural charisma will occur. It won't be one by design. It right. won't be like, I want to be charismatic like this person's charismatic. You know, not, not everybody you know, it's going to be like Lil Wayne, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> not, not everybody's going to be like Garth Brooks. It, it, they, you will have your own means. For some people, it will be a soft and quiet confidence. For other people, it will be the their you know the explosion of their presence. You know, I've I've heard it said about uh, about Bill Clinton that he walks in a room and everybody just feels him. Right. You know, and it doesn't matter what you think about his politics. He, that's what he does. Then you take somebody like Ronald Reagan, completely different game. You feel him in the room too. <laughs> right. But if they can't be each other, they have to be themselves. Yeah. And it has to come from some level of authenticity. I mean, regardless, again, of, of the politics and the moral morality of, of politicians and politicians are kind of, there is a lot of acting involved sometimes, but you're right. There is a natural charisma because they're being, they are being true to themselves. And, uh, I don't know. I think that, I guess my point was, I, I, I'm, I'm with you and I learned, and I, if any listener out there could, could grasp on anything is don't try to be somebody that you're not. I think that's really what it, what it boils down to. And a natural confidence, a natural charisma will come if it comes from out of your heart and through, um, authenticity. Yeah. I remember hearing a Garth, uh, Garth Brooks interview a long time ago when he was first starting out. And, you know, the guy is talented in every way. And when he first started, he was recording a song, and his producer said, you sang that song like you were trying to be George Strait. Hmm. Now sing it like you're trying to be Garth Brooks. And that became, uh, I forget which song it was. It was it might have been Shameless or it was Rodeo, one of his first giant hits. Right. Because he just, he did himself. Yeah, could he imitate George Strait? Probably. <laughs> right. But he was better off just being himself. I love that. You know, I love talking, I talk, when I first interviewed John, uh, four or five months ago and we were talking about this and I've talked with Jamie Tardy too about this and I love talking to entrepreneurs, people who are enthralled with it. I kind of bought into the entrepreneurship myth early on. I've always followed entrepreneurship. I like to say I play one on TV. I like to pretend that I'm one and um, I'm always, I'm just fascinated by the whole di- idea about entrepreneurship. I used to think that every entrepreneur was a leader. That's not necessarily the case. I mean, just because you're an entrepreneur oh, no. doesn't mean you make, you're a good leader. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that's... Yeah, that's true. You can be, you can succeed as an entrepreneur without being a leader. It, but you're probably going to have to partner up with leaders. Yeah, and I agree. A, a name that comes to mind is Steve Wozniak. Mm-hmm. Steve Wozniak is a true entrepreneur, but he wasn't. He was never a great leader, and he never, never pretended to be. But he hooked up with with Steve Jobs, and boy, oh boy, did they do some stuff. Right. <laughs> and Steve Wozniak is revered in the industry for who he is. You know, he he knew he knew what his own limitations were too. So, if you're in a 
industry or in a business and you want to be in that industry or business and it requires a certain style of leadership that you don't possess, it's not the end of the world. Just find a partner. <laughs> right. Um, and then be your part of it. Well, that's part of leadership too, is understanding and knowing where you're weak and where you're strong and having the courage and the humility to find someone that, you know, will augment your weaknesses and vice versa. Oh, where you can yeah. augment their, you know, you can augment their weaknesses as well. You just said a key word that is so misunderstood, humility. Yep. Humility is so critical. And people often mishear that. They think, oh, you want me to be humiliated. Hmm. That's not what humility is about. Humility is is a recognition of of your limitations. And we're we're... We all have limitations. We're physical creatures. I can't be, you know, I have to follow the laws of physics. I can't be in two places at once. You were talking about earlier, no matter how hard I try, I, every morning I get up and I'm not six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and no amount of effort is going to change that. There, there are limitations. You know, I can't play basketball like Kobe Bryant. It's how it is. Right. You know? Right. But uh, when you're, when you're, when you're humble, you can see yourself as you truly are with no judgment. And when you do that, now you're in a position to say, what can I best do with this package that I am seeing so clearly? I know what I've got to work with here. Now, what shall I do with it? Whereas if we're going to keep fantasizing that we're something that we're not, we're going to, we're going to keep having crash and burns. And, and, and that is a terrible way to live. And it's not about looking down on yourself. And it's, it's not even about, and it's not about making comparisons to other people. Other people are going to have things you don't have. So what? You have what you have in the, you know, at the levels that you have it, work with it. Yeah. And, you know, and if you do that, you're going to find things flow a lot better. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, then that is the only means that succeeds. It is the only means that succeeds. If you if you try and fight it, I, I promise you'll go out of business. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that um, you know there there is a quiet confidence that you portray in that humility. In fact, you will gain more. Uh, you will have more influence over the situation and people if you are again courageously authentic and you're humble about your um, your weaknesses or. or, or if you fail, your failings. You know, I think yeah. there's a quiet confidence that people will see in that. And again, that's where I think that natural charisma will start to get to build over time and time again. And that's where great leaders are made, in my opinion. Yeah, and and people see you. People see you. We we like to think that we're putting up this great front, <laughs> right. and that and people believe our front. It's just not so. It's not so. They they see way more than than maybe we want to give them credit. That's for. true. That's so true. And if you if you fight with them about it, you'll. They'll, they'll never trust you. They'll That's never right. believe in you. But a great leader can say, hey, people, I screwed up. My mistake here, this is where I went wrong. This is what we're going to do about it. And Or or there's nothing you can do about it. The damage is done. Yeah. People will follow somebody like that. But if you go in there like, oh, well, uh, mistakes? No, no, it wasn't a mistake. I, I was sitting somewhere once. This was hilarious. Uh I'm watching the CEO of this dot com that I work for. The company had just been sold for $3.2 billion. Wow. So he's doing his final speech. And he talked about some of the early times and going out there and 
doing sales presentations and being so tired, you know, because he just wasn't getting any sleep and, and, and somebody asked the question and he said, yes. Wait a minute. What was the question? <laughs> and, and he said, at the time, our product was, and this is a quote, was suboptimal from a performance standpoint. And I'm sitting in the front row and I looked at the, the guy who was sitting next to me and we both mouthed it to each other. Suboptimal from a performance standpoint. I think what you meant, Tim, is it didn't work. <laughs> That's the kind of thing to ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it really true. endears you to people. He was a great guy. Don't get me wrong. This was, this was a, it was an aberration in his style. But it, the whole room laughed when he said it. So we all knew better, right? <laughs> right. You know, I've seen people's credibility. It's simple things. I mean, you know, flying multi-crew aircraft and I've seen, you know, you know, it's, you're only as good as your last landing, right? So everybody, all pilots always get so, it's, every landing, you're just, uh, cause, it's just instantaneous. The feedback is instantaneous. Everybody knows how you did, right? So everything that you did prior to that didn't even matter. You know, it's, it's always the, you're only as good as your last landing. And you'd see guys coming in, they, they'd prang it in and just have a terrible landing. And you'd see guys make excuses for it. And, and just the credibility factor, you could see it just get sucked out of the room, you know, and it was so hard for people to get it back. You know, they would always remember that. And, and, but the ones that stood, I was like, well, you know, that landing sucked, you know, beers on me, you know, and, and you make fun of it. Those are the ones that, that, you know, I'll fly through the gates of hell with that guy. Exactly. And it's so, it's so crazy how something so simple, how, you know, you can't like admit your mistakes, you know, I don't know. I it's human nature. To, yeah. Yeah. An internet marketing buddy of mine. And I mean, he's a, he's a great writer and he really knows his stuff. And he's a man of great integrity, which is, which unfortunately stands out in internet marketing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he was talking about how there are three ways that people could react to a situation like that. They can blame somebody or something else. You know, oh, it was the wind. It was my co-pilot. It was right. da, da, da. They can make excuses, right? That like, oh, I just, you know, I wasn't feeling good today or it was just a, it was just a, it was a difficult, a difficult visibility or they can just take responsibility. Right. And really the, the only choice is to take responsibility. That That's the only one that works. The only one. And, and it doesn't matter what things are external. You can't touch those. You're not going to change the weather. You're not going to change other people. The only person you have any possibility of having immediate influence on is yourself. Yeah. Well, I think like you, and you know, talking about entrepreneurship, and um, I've had this conversation with folks too. I'm curious to see what you think. I do think, you know, all that we're faced with and the chaos and the and all the negativity that we see in the kind of the mainstream. The, the normal channels, you know, it's a dark and dangerous world, but I'm always energized and always refreshed by the um, entrepreneur. And there's example I could, you know, and you can too, example upon example where somebody is ignoring all of that. They're completely optimistic. They're crushing it. They're, they're, they're making a difference. I think that is uh, the way we turn the corner on the economy, on the negativity, on this dark path that we seem to be going down. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that it kind of reminds me of the idea of faith. Uh, when pe- some people hear the word optimism, the first thing they think is, "Yeah, daydreamers, right? The fantasizers." That's not what optimism is. Optimism is like faith. Faith is not credulity. Credulity is, "I'll believe anything that people tell me." Faith is based on something. There's there's some foundation, and the fact is, I don't care where people are spiritually. They Everybody operates with faith in their world. I mean, every time you go through a green light, you're having faith that the other people will stop at the red light. That's true. 
because you have some evidence that that's how this works. You know, <laughs> and the, the same thing is true here. We've got plenty of evidence of what can work in the commercial realm. And we have plenty of evidence that small companies can make a difference in the world. And we have plenty of evidence that big companies can shift the world. So it, to call it optimism uh, may not may not be the quite the right word. People might get the wrong impression. Mm -hmm. It is a it's a realism about look, this is what is possible. And people are now making choices so that they can turn possibilities into reality. It's a it's a formula. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's how it's how everything comes into being. That's true. I love that. Well I love what you're doing, Kenneth, and, and this has been such a fun conversation. Tell the audience a little more where they can find you on the web. Okay. Well, you can come visit us at veracleritas.com. It's V-E-R-A-C-L-A-R-I-T-A-S. And when you come there, you're going to find all kinds of interesting information that is freely available. And if you want to talk to us, of course, there's contact buttons there too. Sign up for our free updates. and They go out either weekly or daily. You get to choose what, you, what you'd like to get. We talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about mission. And we talk about the things that work. Well, Kenneth, I love it. I love what you're doing. I love your mindset. I love your philosophy. You're perfect uh, for the mission here at doseofleadership.com. I'm, I'm so glad to have you in my network, and thanks for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon, Kenneth. Great. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.